Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast. The, because I'm on top of the world, eh? I'm on top of the world, eh? Edition, as the Bengals announce the final two members of their initial Ring of Honor class. Coming up, you'll hear from a pair of Kens, quarterback Ken Anderson and Ken Riley II, the son of the legendary Bengals cornerback. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Bud Light Seltzer. Refresh the game. And here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or Podbean. It's the greatest thing since a great book. I don't read as many books as I would like to or should, but I generally knock off at least one when I'm on vacation. I read a couple of books on my most recent trip, including The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. It's not new. It came out in 2003, but it's great. It's nonfiction and describes two things that were going on at the same time in the 1890s, the Chicago World's Fair and the first modern serial killer who lived nearby. So if you're looking for a good book, try The Devil in the White City. And even if you're not, Hulu is reportedly developing a TV series based on the book. Now, let's get to this week's guests. In April, the Bengals announced the formation of a Ring of Honor to pay tribute to players, coaches, and individuals who have played a significant role in the team's history. The first two members of the four-person inaugural class were announced at that time, Pro Football Hall of Famers Paul Brown and Anthony Munoz, the game's most innovative coach, and the player considered to be the greatest left tackle of all time. Then in May, the team announced a Ring of Honor ballot featuring 17 former players, and season ticket members and suite owners were given about a month to select the final two members of this year's class. They have selected Ken Anderson and Ken Riley. Ken Anderson spent a team record 16 seasons in a Bengals uniform, highlighted by an MVP campaign in 1981 when he led the Bengals to their first Super Bowl appearance. The four-time Pro Bowler holds the team record for career passing yards and was the first quarterback in the Super Bowl era to complete more than 70% of his passes in a single season. Here's Bengals president Mike Brown on the third-round draft pick out of tiny Augustana College. My brother Pete was our scouting director. We were always talking about players. He said to me, well, there's this guy out at Augustana. I said, Augustana, where's that? I guess there are at least two of them. There may be more. <laughs> but uh, this was right on the Mississippi River out of Quad Cities area. And uh, Pete had heard about the guy uh, from another scout in a conversation. He wasn't especially well known by the public, if known at all. Uh, I went out there and uh, watched a uh, game. He was accurate. Uh, He threw the ball with what I call a classic motion, which was a tight motion, uh, the way you would draw it up. And uh, his release was uh, close to perfect, meaning the ball came off in a dead spiral. He was uh, athletic. He could move around. He could find people downfield. 
Of course, in that league, uh, the people downfield might have been five foot tall. (laughs) 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 There's the story of (coughs) Kenny later in life. uh, He would get together with his players from Augustan, and uh, I remember seeing him with (coughs) the offensive tackle on that team who came up to Kenny's shoulder. But uh, you could tell it didn't matter what the level of competition was. He showed that he was special. We brought him in after we drafted him, and I sort of took pride in his being our pick. We were out at Spinney Field, our old practice facility, and the first day Kenny was there, they put him out in the field, the coaches, to see what he would could do. And it was just dreadful. He couldn't, he couldn't hit the side of a barn. And uh, I th- remember my dad looking at me <laughs> <laughs> as this process unfolded. But uh, nothing was said. We went forward, and uh, he, of course, reverted to form and became a great player for us. Mike Brown has called Ken Anderson the most important player in franchise history. I spoke to Ken about being voted in to the Ring of Honor. Ken, congratulations on this richly deserved honor. I think most of us assume that you are locked to get voted in, but what went through your mind when you got that phone call? Well, I I tell you what, when Mike called me, it was just, you know, a, a great feeling. And I think it was special because Last weekend, we were at a family reunion, and my uncle Gary was moving from his house in Chicago to a retirement apartment in Milwaukee near his daughter, and my Aunt Nancy doesn't throw anything away, so they brought me a big box of programs and articles. So just started reading through that and and seeing everything from the early 70s all the way through my career brought back so many memories. Then, you know, to get the call after that uh, was unbelievable. Was that box strictly Bengals stuff, or did it go back to Augustana or even before that? No, it was strictly Bengals stuff. So it was, uh, you know, some things that's going to be good for the grandkids to, to see some of those articles and start scrapbooks. So I was really appreciative of that. Is the Ring of Honor really important to the former players? I think so. And, and the reason I think so is, you know, sometimes in today's age, People forget about the rich tradition the Bengals have, you know, starting in the, the 60s, going through the 70s and the early 80s. Um, we were as good a football team as anybody in the league. Um, I, I think if you look back and over a decade or so, we had by far the, the best record against the Pittsburgh Steelers of anybody in the league. And, you know, the great players that we had from, you know, the Bob Johnsons to the the Bob Trumpies to the, the Mike Reeds, uh, to the Bill Burgies, uh, to the Chip Myers. I mean, we, we had great players back in that era. And so I, I think that to start this process, all of a sudden the focus goes back on some of the older guys and realizing how good we were back in the 70s. For visiting with Ken Anderson, you are part of an initial Ring of Honor class that includes Paul Brown. Anthony Munoz, and Ken Riley. And I'd like to get your thoughts on each of them. Paul was your first head coach in the NFL. He was the head coach for your first five seasons. What made him one of the best head coaches of all time? 
Well, you know, I, I think it was the organization that he had. I mean, the way pro football is today, I think it's well documented. Uh, the way it's run is because of Paul Brown and how he started things. But certainly he was a, an icon when I got there. I was in awe of him from, from the, the beginning. But I think the thing I, I learned maybe most from him is that he was good at hiring very good assistant coaches like a Bill Walsh and letting him do their job. And so just to, to be a part of that, uh, you know, and to play for him. And I always said, uh, I, I wish I could have played for him when he was a little bit younger, maybe a little bit more active in the game planning. Hmm. Anthony Munoz arrived in 1980. You were the NFL MVP and went to the Super Bowl the following year. What did Anthony Munoz mean to you in the franchise? I think it's pretty obvious when he came in and the <laughs> turnaround that we had. You know, when you're playing with the best left tackle in the history of the game, you know, it gave you so much freedom in what you do because Anthony was the X factor. You know, he's got his guy and now you've got, you know, four other guys in the offensive line. So you can get some double teams created in there. And, you know, just his his athletic ability, you know, for a big guy, his football knowledge uh, and just being a, a, a great guy. It was just an honor to be his teammate. The other player voted in by the fans was Ken Riley, your teammate for 13 seasons. Were you hoping he would be recognized this year? No question about it. Um, you know, Kenny was there, you know, he came in the 60s and he was there with, you know, the first playoff team in 1970 and got to be with other playoff teams along the way and go to our Super Bowl. So he had a, a great career, 15 seasons, if I'm not mistaken. But you know, when you look at his numbers, what is it, like 65 interceptions he had in his career? I think there are only four cornerbacks in the history of the league that have had more than he has. They're all in the Hall of Fame. Uh, back when we played, you know, we didn't throw the ball as much. We played fewer games. You know, if quarterbacks were throwing 20, 22 times a game, that was a lot. And for him to put up those numbers – under those conditions is truly unbelievable. And why he's not in the Hall of Fame, uh, I can't imagine. The Bengals are going to recognize this year's inductees at the Thursday night football game against Jacksonville in late September. Is there anything in particular you are looking forward to that night? I think being on the field, and so my grandkids never got to saw me play, and so maybe they could see Grandpa on the field <laughs> one more time and bring back some memories, and we'll bring out some old videos. Old videos. I, I know my grandson Henry likes to watch some of them on YouTube, so he's familiar. So, you know, I think just to to celebrate with them will be uh, amazing. And last month, more than two hundred Bengals fans traveled to Canton for the Jungle to the Hall rally to make the case that there should be more Bengals in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. What did you think of that? And do you think it will make a difference? I don't know if it will make a difference, but you know, just the, the appreciation for those people to do that and to try to cre create awareness, you know, for some of the guys that I, I think are, are deserving of, of being in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, like I said before, I think, you know, it starts with Kenny Riley, number 13, the Rattler. And when you think about it, coming out of Florida and A&M as a quarterback, making the transition to cornerback and then becoming a great player is unbelievable. Of your many accomplishments, NFL MVP, four passing titles, the completion percentage record that stood for nearly 30 years. Is there anything in particular that you are proudest of? I think it's 75 with the Man of the Year Award. And because that not only encompasses what you did on the field, but what you did off the field. And I think that's 
one of the, the traits of the NFL, even today, is the amount of great work that they do, you know, with NFL charities. Each team does a great job. So many players work very hard at that aspect in their career. Uh, I mean, just the, the quarterback now, Joe Burrow, what he's done, it makes a difference and, and knows what his platform can do to make a difference. So, you know, I, I think that's probably the most the thing I'm most proud of. And you have the Ken Anderson Alliance, which has done remarkable things for adults with disabilities. Anthony Munoz has his foundation. He's helped more than 40,000 kids. The Ken Riley Foundation helps financially challenge kids go to college. What's it say that the first three players scheduled to go into the Bengals ring of honor have dedicated their pro uh, their post football lives to helping others? Well, hopefully that uh, maybe we got a little bit of class uh, in, in this class that that's going in. And, you know, I, I know Anthony does such great work uh, in, in the greater Cincinnati area and, and Kenny Riley, most of his stuff is done down in Florida. And, you know, with our Alliance, I think we're making a difference with adults with disabilities, you know, in the Cincinnati area. And, and it just goes to show that, uh, you know, besides being good football players, we had a lot of really good guys playing back then. Very well put. Now, the Ring of Honor is not the only honor that you are receiving this month. 16 Lots Brewing in Mason has announced that they will come out with Kenny's Day Drinking Lager in August with a portion of the proceeds benefiting the Ken Anderson Alliance. As a fellow beer lover, you must be getting a kick out of having your own brew. Well, it, it really is nice because I remember when they first called me about this and that they, you know, wanted to give a portion, you know, to our foundation and it was substantial. And I said, you know, I had to stop them right there. And I said, you know, I have a tough time going to microbreweries. I, I don't like IPAs. I don't like a heavier beer. I, I don't like a darker beer. I don't like some of the aftertaste you had of those. And he says, oh, I, I know you like Keystone Light. And, and so we've made a beer that is very light. Uh, it is a low alcohol content. So literally, if it's day drinking lager, that means you can drink it all day. It's going to be great for a tailgating beer. And uh, gosh, I hope we get it in the stadium, uh, you know, for the Ring of Honor ceremonies. That would be something. Because <laughs> you got to start early because it's going to be a night game. When I talk to your former roommate and my broadcast partner, Dave Lapham, and we talk about you, it sounds to me like he's describing Joe Burrow. Extremely accurate, very mobile, tough as nails, extremely smart, at the risk of being immodest. When you watch Joe Burrow, does he remind you a little bit of yourself? Well, I think he's, no, he's probably a little bit better. I, I think he's going to be the best quarterback in Bengal history. And, you know, I, I think if you look at when I played and had success, uh, when Boomer played and had tremendous success, you know, the common thread is, you know, what were our teammates around us like? And we had very good football teams. And I, I go back to my draft class. The, the number one quarterback in the draft was Jim Plunkett. And he went to, to New England without much success. He went to San Francisco without much success, went to Oakland and won a Super Bowl with good players around him. You know, Archie Manning was the number two pick in the draft. And, you know, unfortunately in New Orleans, and I think he might've been with Minnesota for a year, Houston for a year never had that team around him to let him excel. So I think Joe's got all the qualities uh, to take the Bengals where we need to go. And I think we just got to get all the parts around him to let him do his job. Well, I don't know if he'll be better, but if he is close 
to Ken Anderson. The Bengals are going to be in great shape for the next decade. Congratulations on this well-deserved honor. The Ring of Honor would not be complete without you in it. And on behalf of all Bengals fans listening, welcome to the initial class for the Ring of Honor. Boy, I, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to that night. And, you know, geez, you know, I said when I got the call from Mike, it was uh, I'll never forget that moment. Ken has been a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame twice, and here's hoping the senior committee gets it right this year and makes him the second player known primarily as a Bengal to receive a gold jacket. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Bud Light Seltzer. It's light and refreshing with a hint of fruit flavor. Two years before selecting Ken Anderson in the third round of the draft, the Bengals picked a quarterback out of Florida A&M in the sixth round, Ken Riley. He was moved to defensive back in training camp and went on to have a brilliant 15-year career. His 65 career interceptions are basically twice as many as any other player in team history, and only four players in the history of the NFL have more. Here's Mike Brown on The Rattler. Kenny uh, came here as a quarterback, and uh, we had Greg Cook. This was before Greg got injured at training camp, and uh, the quarterbacks would stand and pretty much watch Greg, and it was obvious who was going to be the quarterback. Uh, Greg was the best player we ever had, and Kenny uh, was standing there when my dad came over about the third day he had been in camp and said to uh, Kenny, you go over there. And that was the extent of the conversation. (laughs) Over there was with the uh, defensive backs. And Kenny went and uh, proceeded to play for us, I don't know how many years, 13, 14, 15, whatever it was, it was forever. Uh, He was uh, a player with great composure. He could play the ball in the air, always poised, knew what was going on, was in position as he should be on every play. And uh, even though he was somewhat uh, slight in build, uh, he was a uh, fierce tackler. Uh, One play or one maneuver he had that was his alone. I've seen other guys do it, but not not do it uh, as a regular routine or uh, 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 they would do it just on occasions when it happened without thinking. Kenny would do it purposefully. He would uh, come up on these guys who caught the ball in front of him and uh, as they were catching the ball looking back towards the line of scrimmage he'd come from behind and hit him right under the rump and uh, they would go for a cartwheel in the air literally and uh, uh, not all of them uh, kept the ball when that went on. Uh, He would uh, dislodge the ball from them. But it was a maneuver that was routine for him, and I've often wondered why others didn't uh, pick it up and do it as uh, just a regular way of play. It didn't seem to hurt anybody. They went for a ride, but they all came down in a heap and uh, got right back up. Uh, it wasn't injurious. It was just uh, enough of a blow that uh, it caught their attention, and it would catch your attention if you saw it as well. So Kenny had uh, the ability to be rough and tough as well as smart, and uh, he's so deserving. Uh, everyone uh, knows that he should be in the Hall of Fame and why he isn't is a mystery, but uh, 
certainly he'll be in our ring of honor soon enough. Sadly, Ken Riley passed away last year at the age of 72. I spoke to his son, Ken II, about his father's inclusion in the Bengals' first Ring of Honor class. Ken, can you describe what this honor means to you, your mom, and the entire Riley family? Uh, it's definitely a, a great honor. Uh, I know my father and I had talked about it, you know, from time to time about, you know, something like this happening and just to have it uh, come into fruition is a, a great honor. And uh, my family and I really appreciate it. The other members of the initial Ring of Honor class are Paul Brown, Anthony Munoz, and Ken Anderson, all key figures in your father's life. Did he discuss those guys with you over the years? Well, of course, they would come up, and every time uh, we would visit Cincinnati, I would either run into uh, Ken Anderson or Anthony Munoz. So definitely, uh, they are great Bengals, and uh, it's definitely a privilege and an honor to be part of that uh, first uh, Ring of Honor class because I know that there are many great players that have uh, played and come through Cincinnati, so it's definitely uh, a great honor. We're chatting with Ken Riley II. Since your dad passed away last year, Ken, I I think there's a renewed appreciation for just how incredible his career was. Do you feel the same way? I don't know renewed uh, because every time we actually visited Cincinnati, it was just great to see the fans, the love and support that that, that they showed they showed him. So uh, I guess since his passing, though, it's just been more come to light, especially now that uh, I actually you know on social media, and it's great to see some of the younger fans who've never even seen him play you know, to have that support. So yeah, it's definitely been uh, the Cincinnati Bengals organization, uh, Bingo Jim, uh, just to name a few, they've been great about uh, keeping my father's name out there and the support uh, they've been giving him. So it's, it's really great to see, and it's definitely uh, appreciated by myself as well as uh, my family. My 15-year-old son, Sam, is among those younger fans that uh, you're referencing. He was born after your dad's playing career was finished, but he was among the folks who proudly voted for your father for the Bengals' ring of honor. Last month, more than 200 Bengals fans traveled to Canton for that Jungle to the Hall rally to make the case that more Bengals, including your father, should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Do you think that's having an impact? Well, I hope it does. Uh, I... You just never can tell with, you know, it's still up to the the voters at that time. And I know that it's a lot of deserving other candidates, but to only have one in the Pro Football Hall of Fame with all of the, the greats that have come through the, the Ken Anderson's, the Isaac Curtis's, Lamar Parrish's, uh, it, it's a discredit. And I do believe it's time that, you know, we get some more bingles in there. And like I said, it's just been great to see the, the support from all of the fans and, you know, to, to go have over 200 to, to Canton to support uh, the former players, former greats, is, was, was great. Uh, Willie, Willie Anderson, too. I know he actually uh, attended uh, that, so it was, it was just great to see. When people discuss your father's career, the first thing they typically mention is that incredible interception total, 65 career picks tied for fifth best in NFL history. Do you think that's what he was proudest of, or was there something else in his pro football career you, that you think meant the most to him? 
Well, I think that, of course, he was definitely uh, proud of that. But I also know that he was proud of being able to play for one team and uh, proud to just, play, you know, play for Coach Brown and the Cincinnati Bengals. And then, two, uh, the the longevity and the consistency. You know, he actually uh, finished with, you know, eight interceptions this last year at All-Pro. So just being able to be consistent throughout the years. And I know he took pride in always uh, being in shape. Uh, even at the age, like I said, age of 36, he was still on the top of his game. And he want, he always said that he wanted to go out on his own terms and uh, felt that he had – people felt that he had more left in the tank. So I think he was more proud of being able to do that and go out and finish his career, uh, you know, leading you know, leading the AFC in interceptions and, you know, still being able to play at a high level. And a couple of pick sixes as well. Uh, that final season at the age of 36. When former teammates discuss Ken Riley, they tend to focus on his smarts and his leadership. He was a Rhodes Scholar candidate in college. Chris Collinsworth says he learned more from your dad than any other coach or teammate that he ever played with. Your father was a captain the final eight years of his Bengals career. How important do you think all of that is to his legacy? Uh, it's very important, and because even uh, growing up, he always coached, you know, student athlete. You know, you're, you're a student bird. So he he definitely, and even when he was coaching, uh, he made sure that we were always students first, and then athletes second. And I think it just carried on, um, even on the field. He was a student of the game. You know, he was my coach in college, and he always, you know, preached about, you know, being that student and uh, studying. So I, I know that he kept a little black book of all of the wide receivers that he went against. And uh, that's why it was so hard to beat him twice. If he beat him once, you know, he <laughs> definitely does homework and make sure it doesn't get beat again on that move. So, and I, and I think it uh, served him well uh, to play for 15 years. And like I said, continue to play at that high level. Hall of Famers, Mel Blunt and James Lofton recently did videos to make the case that your father should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. What's it mean when those legendary figures, and there are others as well, speak out in, in favor of your father? I mean, it's a great honor. It really makes uh, you feel great. Uh, and like I said, uh, Mel Blunt and James Lofton are awesome guys. I mean, I have the utmost respect for them, and my father did as well. But just to hear other Hall of Famers and hear his peers speak so highly of them, like I said, it, it doesn't get any better than that. And uh, we really, really appreciate that support. And it, it really does mean a lot because they carry a, weight, a lot of weight because they were his contemporary peers. And, you know, for to have them and they are Hall of Famers and had Hall of Fame careers. So just to hear others speak so highly of them, it really uh, means a lot. The initial Ring of Honor class is going to be honored when the Bengals host Jacksonville on Thursday night football, September 30th. Anything in particular you are looking forward to when you and your family come to Cincinnati for that ceremony? It's always just great to be there. I've never missed the game when they've had something special. My father was invited back, so it's kind of bittersweet. But I uh, always love the city of Cincinnati. That's actually where I was born at. I, uh, I came two months early, so I guess it was destined for me to bo be born in Cincinnati. Uh, but we just look forward to uh, seeing uh, Ken Anderson, who's Definitely well-deserving of this honor, as well as the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame and Anthony Munoz. And uh, it's going in with uh, Coach Paul Brown, who, uh, you know, drafted my David dad and gave him that, that first opportunity. It's such a great honor. And we just look forward to uh, – I always look forward to coming to Cincinnati 
and it's a Thursday night uh, primetime game. So very exciting. I always I follow the uh, Bengals, they, you know, now and root for them. So very excited about the upcoming season and uh, think it's going to be a great year for them. Your father was famously nicknamed the Rattler. Does the Riley family love that nickname? I definitely love it. Uh, you know, just growing up, I, you know, the more I, th- I thought about it, just like it, it fit him perfectly. And it's a pretty uh, cool nickname, the Rattler. So uh, I remember his uh, one of his favorite cars. He had a uh, Mercedes, Mercedes Benz. And on the dash, he had uh, Ken Riley, the Rattler. Somebody had gave it to him. So that always just sticks out in my mind. And, you know, it was just, you know, the Rattler, a perfect name for him. And a perfect selection to be one of the four people going into the Bengals Ring of Honor in the first year of induction. Congratulations on this well-deserved honor. I appreciate your time today and and look forward to seeing you as part of the celebration on September 30th. Uh, Thank you. And like I say, it's it's truly an honor. I thank all the fans and, you know, the season ticket holders for, you know, voting. Your son, tell your son, thank you. Like I said, even a younger generation who have never I saw him play supporting him. So it's definitely an honor to go in with all the other greats, the Ken Andersons and uh, Anthony Munoz and uh, Coach Paul Brown. So great honor. Thanks for the time. And all I can say, thanks for the support. My thanks to Ken Anderson and Ken Riley II. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast, brought to you by Bud Light Seltzer. Refresh the game. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe. And if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find this podcast. I'm Dan Horde, and thank you for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.